All right, please everybody uh, welcome my very special guest, one of my new best friends uh, within Google Cloud. I could say that, you know, in all honesty, please welcome Lila Jones. Hello, hello, what's happening? How are you doing? Oh, I'm always good, always good, Tony. We were just saying it's Friday, it's the end of the year, yeah. uh, but it's what we love, right? So all good we, stuff, doing fantastic. We love this adrenaline of the year end pressure and Thank you so much for taking the time to do this at the end of our both of our fiscal years. Or we must be crazy. Hashtag nuts, but that's how we roll. <laughs> so, uh, head of corporate sales in North Central, really Woo! excited this year that we began to really work together in territory, in region, and we're just seeing so much traction in a very short amount of time. But you know what? You didn't start your career at Google Cloud. You did some other stuff prior which led you to this place and and we'd love to educate our listeners our audience on your story oh my story okay well way back in no i'm just kidding i will give you the tldr version right we like to say tldr too long don't read which is summarizing uh i really kind of cut my teeth at microsoft and that's actually relevant to our conversation because it's it's so incredibly cool to work with some of the same leaders that really helped me start my career, right? When I think about Microsoft at that time, believe it or not, we were trying to break in and to the enterprise with SQL Server, if that makes any sense. SQL wasn't enterprise ready. And uh, that was kind of our moniker of success of showing customers how SQL Server was enterprise ready for a database. And it's so cool because uh, at that time, the leaders of the organization were Stacey Mahar, and Janet Kennedy. And so yeah. I really kind of learned and grew up with them as ladies that I looked up to and said, hey, you know what, someday I want to be able to work more closely with them or someday I'd like to be enrolled similar to them. Uh, but I certainly emulated them in a lot of the things that I did. And that's 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 worked out for me. So yes, yeah, started at Microsoft, had a little bit of a stint over at Oracle, a little bit of a stint at EMC, and then uh, Got an opportunity to join Google, which was fantastic. Google's always been on one of the companies that I wanted to work for, and largely because I really believe in the vision of the company mm-hmm. and the mission of the company. And so when I had the opportunity to get in on the ground floor of really kind of starting the cloud business, especially in the Midwest, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, and now voila. you're literally, you're two degrees. You got Stacy and then Janet right there in line running things and and by the way even before we got rolling uh, together in north central anytime i talked to janet she was saying this whole year you know last year and a half really please get engaged in north central hire in north central get into north central and i want to talk about that a little bit because you know north central as a territory is is one of the biggest for you know our top competitors and it hasn't been one of the biggest for Google Cloud, but it's also why like you and I are so excited because it's all upside going into 2021. All I could think of was not yet. Uh, Yes, absolutely. (laughs) There's so much growth uh, in the business. And quite honestly, that's one of the reasons I took the role at Google because I wanted to build something and I wanted to be a part of bringing not really just innovative and cool technical solutions, but really being able to be a part of the growth of organizations here in the Midwest. I, Strangely enough, even though I work for all these different companies, I've always been based in the Midwest. And so I've always had a territory that was in the Midwest. So now being able to 
offer the next tier solutions to some of the same customers is really phenomenal. But yes, North Central is an area of growth. It's not tapped out. It's not oversaturated. It doesn't have a uh, hundred people uh, trying to hand, cover a handful of accounts. So tons of opportunity. And I really think that because of that, it's a wonderful chance to work those leadership muscles. Many of us have been in sales for a long time. And as you know, you can get into the rinse and repeat. And so being a part of this and growing it and, and having this really entrepreneurial scrappy type of an opportunity helps you build some of those muscles that can get you out of, again, that rinse and repeat, which is never a good place to be. Look, you bringing SQL to market with Microsoft back then, and then leading dynamic CRM in 2012, like you're no stranger <laughs> to creating new markets, to coming from behind for not being the incumbent, right? It's not like you were selling, you know, office. You No, no, you were selling dynamics and SQL at a time where it wasn't really like that was not a market leading incumbent position to be in, right? Oh my gosh, I completely forgot about Dynamics. Yes, that was back in the day when everybody was like, why would we buy your solution? Salesforce is clearly better. And we'd be like, that's <laughs> actually true. Uh, and yet we still found opportunities to uh, show how unique our solution was. I remember us calling it X. RM, right? Because we wanted yeah. to build non-sale solutions because it wasn't that yeah. strong. And so yeah. we created this whole like rhythm of we can track anything anyway. So right. yes, that's kind of, if you think about it, that's been a very consistent theme in my career of really kind of coming in on emerging solutions, emerging technologies, and, and helping build those to be uh, more mature. So yes, hashtag doing it again. Yeah, we, we sold our Microsoft business as well. We were in that for a long time, almost two years. This is actually our first full year of being just a Google partner, which has been amazing. But, you know, thank you. Um, there's a lot of reasons why we made that decision, but one of them is certainly that um, the decision to buy Google, because it's not the inertia-based decision, or it's not like the nobody gets fired for buying IBM kind of decision, it's so amazing when customers do make that choice because it's not the easiest choice and it's almost always the most transformational choice. So incredibly true. And I could liken that and I'm going to go on a, I'm going to go off, off script here. I could liken that I'm a huge fan to the fire movement. Fire is try and make good decisions so that you can be financially independent and retire early. Now, while I will mm -hmm. not do that, I think some of the principles are incredibly interesting. Principles like not overspending, principles like making sure you're investing in the right place, principles like not uh, doing some of the typical things you'd see in consumer society. And because yeah. of that, you're set above the average, maybe American middle-class consumer. Similar to Google, right? This is a very interesting opportunity because it assumes that you're already a sophisticated technologist. You're already a sophisticated business person. You're ready for that next level of innovation. You're not just looking for uh, a, a, a warmed up uh, chicken dinner that's in the no. microwave, right? That's good enough for everybody else. We're looking for, you know, really that souffle, right? And we're ready for that. And so it's interesting because when we think of Google and we think of that, that next level of solutions, for those who are ready, it's a no-brainer. For those who aren't ready, we'll help get you ready. Because Behind all of this, Tony, is we want to help organizations grow. Having uh, really rich businesses right. growing in the Midwest 
is our mantra. That's our mission. And so that's that's why it's interesting and unique. I love I love how cloud economics works, by the way, from our partner or vendor side, which is and again, selling Microsoft, selling Oracle, you knew. I mean, we saw customers buying technology that they just didn't deploy, but they bought it because part of an EA or they got a discount on it or something, like just went into some contract. On the Google side, like nobody buys something and then doesn't deploy it. It doesn't exist, right? Exactly. exactly. And then also you and I, like we are married to those customers for life now after they buy because unless they use it and see value every day and every week and every month, like we're, we're done. Like it has to work. So like think about all the behaviors, the hundreds of behaviors that it influences in us and our organizations together when a customer makes this choice. I love that you mentioned that because again, behaviors, right? Behaviors that are above average and then behaviors that are just average. And we all know where we fall. Sometimes we fall in the middle, but we are looking to build above average behaviors in our customers. And certainly for the ones who already kind of get it, helping them to really accelerate beyond that. And it is truly a paradigm shift. If you think about how things used to be, I was talking to a customer just the other night who was saying, well, Lila, once, you know, once we do this multi-year commitment with Google, how do I know, you know, what role do you play? What role does your team play? Do I work with somebody else? And I, I laughed. I said, my job is to help you be successful. We don't really get any kind of incentive or compensation until you are on our platform, you are successfully running and you're starting to grow. We get compensated after that, not before. And so this is in fact, and I always like to say this, this is a marriage and not a dysfunctional one, but a functional marriage where we are building and growing together. And by making this decision, my team and some of the amazing people that I get a chance to work with are now extensions of yours and that is where the magic of google is you know for us too lila and it's a little controversial that we do this but just we have to it's the only way i see things being aligned from a incentive standpoint is nobody at sada gets paid until a customer consumes and pays the invoice like imagine that like yes you get quarter retirement you get credit for the deal but Nobody gets paid unless the customer uses the technology and and pays the bill, meaning they're happy with it, it works for them, there's no dispute, right? That is pretty bold. We've operated that way for many years, but that level of alignment with the customer success and outcome of their decision is so critical and fundamental to our business that we've had it that way for many years. And I love that you mentioned that because I could, again, take it right back to the behaviors. What are the behaviors that we are incentivizing with our teams? What are the behaviors that allow us to align really well with customers? And then what are the outcomes of those behaviors, right? And so it's it's a really interesting opportunity that goes so far beyond just making a vendor choice. So yeah. far beyond just making a vendor choice. I always tell you, if you're just looking for a vendor, maybe just keep looking. Right. This is truly a a partnership, which I know is so overused in corporate America. Mm -hmm. However, it really is how we incentivize the behaviors and and the structures of our teams. There's all these other things. Obviously, Google's not going to compete with you. There's all this other stuff. It's wonderful in terms of the market position. But, you know, so in a developing market for Google Cloud, which is North Central, um, running Corp, especially Corp, 
which is where a lot of this partnering, you know, for us started. It's where we cut our teeth, still the majority of our business. What role do you see the partner ecosystem playing in helping Google achieve those outcomes and helping the customers achieve the, the transformation that they're seeking? What a fantastic question. Our partner partner ecosystem is our growth. Done. Our partner partner ecosystem is our growth. We can't grow as an organization without our partners. Our customers can't grow as organizations without our partners. They're tendential to each other. And so I think that, and I love that you mentioned dynamics uh, a while ago, that partner channel, very, very mature. We didn't sell solutions without partners who both did the licensing and did the services. And while we are not at the same level of maturity in Google Cloud, certainly for our Midwest business and our, our North Central business, that is absolutely the key to our growth. And so we are, we have four, I'm sorry, we have five tenants on my team. And one of those is we will lead with partners. Here. Yeah. Look, I think, of course, I'm biased. We're in this business, but I think it, it does translate into the best customer experience when a partner is there early, helping him on a journey. By the way, again, if the partner is the one who's transacting the consumption product or the SaaS product, they're on the hook for that to be successful. So there's you get every everything you would get from you know your organization. You, you get Lila and Tony. <laughs> that should be a show, product. right? That should be a show. You go the Lila and Tony Lila. She's great, but like it costs the same, maybe less, but you get Lila and Tony. So that's uh, the, uh, you get the full power of, you know, SADA behind you and Google behind you or other partners. And I think, you know, again, it's, it's matter of kind of the sellers uh, within, within Google kind of getting into that rhythm of how to scale themselves. Uh, but it's also a matter of um, us demonstrating the value proposition to the customers and to your field in every engagement that we're in. I love that you mentioned that because it's the so what, right? So often people talk about our products and our solutions or our market and a lot of it very candidly sounds the same, right? And if you yeah. and I have been doing this for a little bit and whoever's looking at this has probably been doing this for a little bit. It, it all just starts to sound like a me too. And what I think is really fundamentally different here is us. It's where we are. It's the experience that we're bringing. It's the experience that we're giving our customers. It's the outcomes that they're getting from it. That really is the differentiator. And that is why I'm so thrilled to be a part of it because it aligns with my brand personally. I think it also aligns with a lot of our customers' brands. The best part of it, even, even more so, is once we're able to work together and the company is growing and things are going great for our customers, we can start to introduce, and I know you've talked about this, really cool programs and, and ideas around how can we improve culture? How can we improve in, in diversity? Yeah. How can we help you learn what Google has done uh, on things such as rewriting your job description so that they're more women friendly. How do right. we start to now that we're not just worried about kind of keeping the lights on and being efficient now that we've optimized here, where else can we optimize? I just got had a call today with one of our customers and they were saying, Hey, Lila, we'd like to, strangely enough, we don't even have any ERGs and we'd like to start the first um, ERG for African-Americans. We have no idea what to do. What should we do? And it was the best conversation ever. And I felt so incredibly grateful that A, they felt comfortable enough to reach out. And then B, that I could impart some of the things that we've done at Google and some of my experiences to help them have 10X impact in their organizations. This is not about a contract. This is not about uh, how much consumption they have. This is about people. And so yeah. that's the difference with us. 
I think I think some of our customers do get surprised about the level of cultural integration that happens. Again, like you are if you're deploying workspace, it's going to cause you to work differently in the most collaborative fashion you've ever done it. Or if you're deploying GCP, it's going to change your engineering and go to market culture and the way you look at your customers and the products you're building. Like it has it's, it has those implications, but then because we're married to these customers for like three years, four years, five years, right? At least in the first term, we really start like kind of getting into each other's business. And I think that's a beautiful thing to be looked at, not just as your compute, your storage, your email, your this. You are um, like, I'm your customer. The more successful I am, the more I'm going to spend with you because that's how cloud works. So we're totally aligned, like for the long term and things outside of technology. I like that you mentioned that. And I'm a huge fan of bringing it back to where we started, right? We talked about behaviors. We also talked about habits. And we all know that we are the sum total of the five people that we spend the most time with, right? Mm -hmm. We figure in a marriage, hopefully that's one of the people that you're spending time with. The mm -hmm. idea of the fact that because we now have a cadence where we're spending time with our some of these key customers that have chosen to have this level of relationship with us, we're starting to be able to not only learn from them and some of the things that they're doing to scale and, and get great outcomes because it's bi-directional. But then again, like sharing some of the things that I mentioned that, hey, we're really good. We have strengths in this area. How do we how do we both work together to light up both sides? And so yeah. it's really just a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah. And look, the, these financial commitments, some of these digital natives, tech natives, I know that there's lots of traditional in North Central too, but for some customers that are choosing GCP because it's the best technology, they're making the biggest financial commitment, the biggest strategic bet in their whole company is betting on Google and on us as a partner. And that is like an amazingly humbling thing, but also one that invigorates a sense of responsibility. Like, oh my God, they're betting $20 million on this or $50 million on this or whatever. Like, holy cow, that is a lot of responsibility. And we're that means we're going to be there for them for anything. <laughs> and not only that, think about what it's going to do for them, right? They are seen as change makers. Change is very difficult yeah. in organizations. Let's just be honest. Right. Being able to be a change leader and to be able to manage all your stakeholders, deal with the different decision trees, understand how to land change and then deliver on it. That is huge. So anybody who's doing that with us, which is probably why there's such great relationships, they are already a leader in their market. For and sure. whether they're recognized or seen for that yet, it's only a matter of time. Well, and for those yeah. who are working on the technology or saying, hey, you know what? I already know AWS, I already know Azure, da, 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 da. That's great. But for those of you who are out there and the people who are listening to this, we're like, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out, should I go and get a certification? Should I not? Got some downtime because of COVID. Does this make sense? Some of the mm -hmm. top paying jobs and the most sought after are GCP certified architects right, and engineers. Right. If you want job security, hashtag hello, that's where it is. I yeah. can't tell you how many people are looking for opportunity there. So mm -hmm. I know that this is overused, but Eric Schmidt once said, hey, if you get offered an opportunity to have a seat on a rocket ship, Get on it. Don't worry about where it's going. And I'm so happy that I made that decision. And uh, I love being able to give customers and people who are looking for opportunities the same. Yeah. It's not just a customer, like as in the company. It's the three people who championed this decision that was not the default decision. Like, to your point, like we can't understate what it takes to make a 20, 30, 40, 50 million, 5 million, 1 million, whatever you're starting like that big of a bet on 
something that's not already there. It's not like a $20 million Oracle deal or $20 million. Like if it's already there and you're like renewing something, it's like, okay, whatever. But it's like, we don't use Google today. And like, I want to, and here's $5 million. Like that is, we, like you and I are like, oh my God, we have to make sure that person gets promoted for this decision. <laughs> you know, like let's make sure they look good, as good as they, we know they can. And, and we'll do, we'll put everything into that relationship to make that happen, right? We felt responsible. Absolutely. You know, I always love to have conversations, again, not about technology, but how do you make money? How are you making money? And then how can we be a part of that equation? And honestly, if we can't be, we shouldn't be talking. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly, if we can brainstorm to impact how you make money, how efficiently you do that, and where we can optimize and light that up with, with not only technology, but innovation, then those are super interesting conversations. And those are super yeah. interesting shifts that we help to enable in organizations. And quite honestly, that's one of my passions, right? I've been a seller for a while. And after a while, you're like, okay, why is this different? How is this different? And I know from some of my experiences that that whole idea of change, change management, landing change, enabling people, thinking different, having a growth mindset, being curious, always looking to improve. That is absolutely at the core of what I stand for. And so being yeah. able to, A, find those types of champions in our customers and then B, enable them is why I do what I do. Yeah, totally. Gets us so excited. But, you know, all this is wrapped in around, I think, your deeper passions. We talked about this before. I know you're super passionate. It already came out in just how you speak about the role of, you know, women and the role of, especially in technology. Like we haven't always been very, very good as being a welcoming space for diversity, a welcoming space for women in tech. Like technology, I know you've been in the game a long time. You've probably seen it get better, much better today than it was in the past, but there's still a lot of room to, to grow. Do you want to talk about that? Because I'm super passionate about making SADA a place like that and making actually the whole Google Cloud ecosystem a place that is the most progressive thinking on this topic. So I love that you mentioned that as well because it is a challenge and I think it's only because people don't know it's an option. So similar to us breaking into a market and educating customers about all the great things they can do, we have to educate people who are in our pipelines that this is a viable career path. Because strangely enough, unless you know somebody who's in this this field or somebody who's doing this type of thing for a living living it's not like you're you're 10 years old saying hey at some point i, I want to go and work for sada and work for yeah. google in the cloud division right that's just not right. something that you're going to have exposure to and so i think it's super super important because we already know that the statistics show that highly diverse organizations are more profitable period done end of yep. story and so my third like kind of leg of passion that I always like to talk about is really making sure that people know about the opportunity to use their passions and their strengths to further this mission, but also to find their sense of purpose and to fulfill their sense of purpose. So when I think about women and I think about the fact that we now have an all women leadership team, which yeah. is phenomenal. Uh, it's And it's cool for me because I, I kind of got a chance to work for the same women leadership team, which is maybe saying why there's a problem, but um, the same women leadership team before. And it's so neat because I feel that once you have people in place that can be mentors and they can be role models and people have an opportunity to learn from them, they know that it's possible for them as well. Quite candidly for women, especially women who are looking to build their career through a very linear approach in an organization, we often shy away from 
our leadership roles and management roles. And one of the reasons why, why we why don't do have, think? well, it's not what I think, it's it's proven. Uh, McKinsey mm-hmm. has done some studies on it and there's several other uh, scientific journals out there that have done you know qualitative research around this. Quite candidly, it's because of the fear of failure. It is because of the lack of sponsorship, and it is because of all of the self-doubt that unfortunately goes right along with being um, in certain groups that are that are underserved. I was actually just talking to a very, very, very qualified person in our business that was saying, Lila, I was thinking about that, but I'm not going to go for this next level of, of role because I don't have the sponsorship. I'm not going to go for this next level of, of opportunity because I'm not good at talking or selling myself. I'm not going to go for this next opportunity or role because nobody looks like me. And that hurts my heart. Oh, that hurts my heart. And so in order for us to change, I feel the number of women who are in careers like this and who are in leadership roles, we have to absolutely pull up the folks who are already here. We've got to take the folks who are already, like you already did, like with Courtney. Courtney was in an individual contributor role at Google and you gave her a leadership role and I will always respect you for that. Um, We've got to pull those folks up. So I love the fact that we've put a lot more money and time into our leadership development because it's important to attract, but man, you got to take the folks who are here who've been grinding and help those folks move on in their career and get to new levels of of success because they'll bring the legions with them. Did you see that Courtney just won a CRN award for 40 40 under 40 rising stars? Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that makes me feel so Happy. And you gave, I mean, she's, she's already killer, but you gave her an opportunity to stretch her legs that quite candidly, oh, apparently right. wasn't happening in her, in her work group. So yeah. I appreciate that. And I, you know, you got, you got a fist bump from me on that one. No, I mean, look, she, it's, it's all about giving that shot, of course, to some extent, but more than qualified, super lucky with the timing. It's just, you know, big places like Google, a lot of people get hired. Not everybody gets the seat that they want. So it's like, okay, I don't want to just manage this one key customer, which is kind of her option at the time. It's like, she reached out to me and because of my presence, I think on LinkedIn, she's like, okay, I, th- I think I, I might, you know, do well here culturally, as far as like expanding on the culture. And she was right. And she came, she's celebrating her year anniversary in January. It's only been a year, uh, but she's hit the ground running. She's built an all-female team in North Central, not on, not even on purpose, but it just happens to be that our, our team is all-female. Uh, up there. She's done a very good job building an awesome team. Uh, but yeah, so I feel that certainly, and, and my my wife was, you know, an attorney and she worked in entertainment. And so there's definitely, and she, she experienced some things that weren't actually that great from women supporting each other. And we know that's something that has, has gotten better, has to get better. But what role do you think men have? Like men as advocates, men as champions, how can we, um, create a better environment for women and other, you know, people from diverse backgrounds. I love that you asked that because that was exactly where I was going to go. We must be like telekinetic or something. Uh, Men can help tomorrow or later today by taking a look around you and seeing which women are on your teams that you can help promote, support, 
and enable to the next level. And if you don't have any women on your team, everybody says, well, we'll get a pipeline, we'll get some people, and then you lose focus. Look yeah. around for other people's teams, for women that you can sponsor and help to move to the next level. And let me be very specific about that. That's not, oh, get on my calendar for a one-on-one and I'll give you uh, some tips. It is what are having a conversation saying, understanding what their aspirations are, and then how can you connect and open doors for them yeah. So that they can realize that. So my first ask would be, or my first recommendation, not ask, would be look around and see which women are around you that you have overlooked or you haven't thought of and see how can I next week open a door for them. Opening a door means enabling them to be considered for a role that they aren't yeah. being considered for now. And it doesn't matter whether we think they're perfect for it or not. Let them be in the conversation. Yes. Just let them in the conversation. They don't have to take it, but let, let them you in know, the conversation. Because they are less likely to ask on average, to your point, right? They're they're more likely to worry about if they're perfectly qualified or not. On average, again, we're generalizing, of course, but there's that element. I don't think, so if they're not going to raise your hand more, like it's on us to go and, and raise it for them. And I think that's part of the advocacy and kind of lens that we can have. And actually it was a, very transformational moment for me to was a year ago now that I was invited by Carolee and, and Amy to join um, the, the sort of uh, panel on 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 this topic of men as champions in this uh, women in technology event that the channel company puts on. So it was like Lila, a thousand women and four guys. Oh, it was unbelievable because I was like, this is how it must feel at other tech events. <laughs> when the shoes on the other foot, right? Um, but we got to go on stage and talk about the cut. But I'll tell you, and this is another reason, and we talk about how Google is so much more than just a software vendor. Um, Google Cloud, the partnership, has been so influential in how I think about our company and my role, not just inside of SADA, but outside of SADA, because I will be the first to admit that three years ago, this issue and element was a complete blind spot to me. I was not aware. I wasn't active. I was raised by like badass strong women. My wife is a badass strong woman. I have two daughters, but I thought it was just like automatic. Like these things just happen, you know, but oh boy, was I wrong when I looked at my whole field sales organization, it was all dudes. I was like, it's all men. <laughs> well, welcome to the other side <laughs> of awareness, right? And kudos to you for that. There's a couple of other things that I might suggest. For those of uh, for those people who are in power, who are, you know, in a power position. The other thing that's super helpful beyond just for women is if you have minorities on your team, Spend some time getting to know their culture. Now, how do you do that without making it weird? If you have an ERG in your organization or multiple ERGs, I'll never forget this. I'm going to get you what ERG stands for and get it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, employee resource group. So it would be, yeah. for instance, at uh, at Google, we have BGN. So it's it's Black Googlers Network. We have AGN, Asian Googlers Network. We have all these different uh, groups that we we support, and we call those employee resource groups. So if you have employee resource groups at your organization and you have minorities on your, on your team, 
Learn more about the culture, not by asking them a million times how they're feeling about things, but by getting involved in the events for the love of God. There's tons of events that the ERGs have. They would love to have senior leaders at the table at those or sponsoring those or giving their perspective. And I'm going to give a story. When I first uh, joined Google, my uh, boss at the time was Asian. Strangely enough, in my entire career, I never had an Asian boss ever. Never. Which also an issue. But that yeah. being said, uh, one day he was like, I, we were on the sixth floor in our in our bu- building and he said, hey, Lila, what you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm headed up to 10 for a, a BGN event. He goes, I'm going too. And I'm like, did you check my calendar and know that I was going? And he was like, no, he's going. He's like, you're going to play the black card. He goes, yeah, I'm going too. He's like, let's <laughs> walk up together. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. oh my God. I was like, you were going to yeah. go regardless if I went? And he's like, yeah. And I go, why? And he's like, because, I mean, because I want to be able to relate to you and, and and connect with you. And I'm also just curious about the culture as well. But you're on my team. And I need to I need to understand your culture. And I was floored. Yeah. Floored. Yeah. That's something yeah. that doesn't cost any money, doesn't take a million Zoom calls, doesn't take a strategy, doesn't take all these things that we, all these uh, artificial barriers that people say, I just can't. I just, I'm just really figuring. No, it's there. Just have the awareness about it. So that's one of the other things that I highly recommend. Get involved for the love of God. Get involved and own it for yourself as opposed to asking the people who are the minorities to own your education for the love of God. I'll stop there. No, I love it because we're finally like sort of big enough that we have enough people to, to, for these things to start forming organically. So uh, we had a group form organically called DEI chats and chat stands for collaboration, hospitality, and talks. Ah, and on by, um, yeah, Jonathan Williams and Leilani Alvarez, who had their first event. And it was, for some reason, they picked like um, a cultural conversation through the eyes of 90s hip hop. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And it, was, uh, and it was like 40 people showed up. And it was just most, and they had like a whole narrative and they went through like the different periods of hip hop within the nineties and then how the women came and how the, you know, uh, just, just the cultural conversations. Right. And like, I also all these like white rappers came and like how that changed things. And it was just like really, really awesome. And it was only 30 minutes. It could have been two hours, but, uh, we got a great level of participation and, you know, Jonathan Williams is like, very new. He's from New York, and he's a he's a number one, number two guy in our legal organization too. So he has a sponsor of our chief legal officer to do this, and um, it's just phenomenal. And I, I know that we'll do more. I know that we'll do more. It makes well, a difference. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, again, if you could tell by the way I was talking about it, obviously it's something that's really important to me. But it's also something that I seek to live as well. Uh, yeah. So it's just ideas and and different points of view. But man, when people feel welcome and they feel supported and they feel connected, they'll do anything. They'll do anything for the cause. And they also grow and have more satisfaction. Um, so that that's really important. And then, of course, for me, too, having diversity on our own team. So I love that I've had a chance to build and I have a very diverse team. And uh, like I said, if you get one or two people in place that have power to make decisions, the diversity will come. That's right. And then so will the competitive advantage. And so will right. the better culture. And so will the uh, a decreased chance of you getting ever complacent or like or or lose sight of reality like you, you need diverse diversity of opinions precisely to ensure 
that you never get away from the reality of the market or the reality of what customers want and reality of what the world expects, right? So it's very easy to just hire. We used to say culture fit, culture fit. That just means cookie cutter to me, right? Like you need culture expansion with every new hire is how I look at it now. I couldn't agree more. I always like to call it the rice and beans. If you had rice and beans every single night, right? Your taste buds are like, dude, seriously? Can we do something else than rice and beans? But look at the beautiful, wonderful expression of food that we have. Either it's Indian food or Asian food or ethnic food. There's so many wonderful different types of food. So why why would we choose to have rice and beans every night? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Hey, yeah, I always try to look for the silver lining. This year has been extremely challenging, not because only of the global pandemic, but because of uh, the George Floyd incident being like that crystallizing moment that finally like created clarity in the eyes of so many people, non-black people about the reality of out, you know, what's out there. And as tragic as that event was and the other surrounding events, or it's been for 20 years, I mean, talk about hip hop, like NWA, how long have they been talking about this issue? Right. They've been talking about, you know, and they're from LA, so I can say that, but, um, but now it's made it so clear But what I love that it's done, it's actually given permission to some extent for non-Black people to talk about these issues. Black, you know, Black America, what it's like to be Black in America, how the importance of Black Lives Matter as a movement, uh, but also just in general, the issue of, you know, racism and things like that. I feel like I couldn't talk about it before in these types of forums. And now I think that I can. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that because on the flip side of that, as an African-American, it's very uncomfortable. In general, you know, we always have had, not we, let me not talk to about the entire race. For me, in general, yeah. that's always something that you reserved for when you were with your family and friends or in all African-American group of people. Right. Right, To talk about how you felt about it and, you know, folks are crazy or whatever. Right. So and now to kind of bring that front front and center, first off, was very hard, very, very difficult, because now you're on calls where you're trying to talk about forecasts. And all of a sudden, you know, people are like, like, what's going on? And and now all of a sudden you have to speak to it. And, And to be honest with you, I wasn't ready. I didn't like that level of vulnerability and that challenge, even though obviously I wasn't going through it. I felt it so deeply. I was just like, this feels really awkward. And I'll never forget, Stacy called me. It was randomly like a nine, nine o'clock on like a Tuesday morning, random time. And she said, Lila, and I love how she talks. She's like, Lila, we're talking to you. And she and I talked and cried for like an hour together. And it was so I can almost not even talk about it without tearing up. It was it was the most amazing conversation because she got it. She got it. And so I really, really appreciated that and that level of support because it's an, it's not comfortable. Right now we're a couple months no. into it and now it's feeling a little bit more like, okay, let's talk about, man, that's that's something where you're like, it's hard to see your people dragged out and shot. Like that's just hard, right? And then you got to speak to it too. That's very, very difficult. And so it's still hard for me to talk to. So um, while challenging and certainly an area that uh, nobody wanted to shoot for or have happened the way it has, 
the silver lining is you're right. It's front and center now. Google has made all kinds of commitments since then, supporting all kinds of organizations based on that. Yeah. And I feel grateful for that. I'm sorry that people had to go through what they've had to go through and continue to go through. It's funny because somebody's like, well, what do you feel about this? I was like, wait a minute, this is not new, folks. But like, this has been happening forever. Like, this is just a part of it, right? Mm -hmm. This is just now you know about it, right? No, um, exactly. And so... You know, you're right. That's the silver lining. And and certainly being able to even in a form like this to be able to speak about it and have it not be taboo is important. Super important. And, you know, I know that it's deep, deep into not only Google with Sundar and all his leadership, but uh, I was talking to Rob Enslin about something completely different. And it was right around this time. And half of our meeting, he's talked about this issue because he's South African. Yeah. So he's lived that extreme form of institutional racism and the change. Like he was there, and you know, when 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 things change. So he, people from South Africa specifically that I know, like deeply, deeply sensitive to this issue. And I know that it's true, like authentic from the top when it comes like the, the things that Google is doing and the, the stuff that you know Rob and TK and everybody else within Google Cloud cares about. Um, but I love at the core that has changed the level of expectations of people like me that are like, well, if I'm not racist personally, I'm doing enough. Actually, that's not, that's, you can do a lot more. <laughs> so, There's honestly. so many opportunities, but similar to, uh, similar, it's just all about awareness. So once you become aware about something, then you have a responsibility towards it. Otherwise yeah. your subconscious is gonna gnaw, nag you to death. Right. Uh, and so it it's important, I think, to bring a voice to these 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 topics, to act on these topics, to have a voice, to encourage others to talk about it, uh, because just in that level of awareness and discussion, we are making a difference in in how people engage and how they interact and what they notice and what they won't accept anymore. Mm, and, and I think that's it. how we'll we'll have change. And you know what? I think it's super important that it keeps going. We don't want it to be a flash in the pan. We don't want it to be a 2020 thing. We want that's why we're still talking about it. And this is going to air in 2021, probably. Right. So this is like it needs to be part of our core and culture that not only are we yeah, not racist, but we're anti-racism. We are pro-equal opportunity. We seek places like we've done things that are going to live forever, like our, you know, Twitter and Wells Fargo level sponsorship of NSBE, National Society of Black Engineers. We are going to those career fairs. We're recruiting talent from there into our SADA University program. We're speaking on the topic. It needs to be persistent. And by the way, like our tolerance level in terms of like what's acceptable uh, and our level of expectations of ourselves and our teams, it needs to, it, that needs to be the legacy of the tragedy that was 2020 from that standpoint. Like, the culture has to have changed forever and all of us have a role to play in that. I could not agree with you more. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. I think it's a great way to end this topic. I'm glad that you got a little deep on this topic. I know it's, it's hard. It's very emotional. Uh, kudos to Stacy, by the way, calling you like that. Yeah. That was a pretty cool move and it was random and it didn't feel like somebody was asking her to do it. It's just, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with a really great team. That is, that is something I'm grateful for. And I, I look up to Stacy. If, if you can't tell, I always have. Um, and I learn a lot from her and Janet 
uh, it's just really, really cool. It's a great position to be in. And so yeah. uh, I'm grateful for that. Me, me too. I'm grateful to be a Google partner. I feel blessed every day. I'm so happy that we get to be on the ground level. We've been doing this 14 years with Google, but I feel like it's a second inning. Like we have so much work ahead of us. I can't wait to partner even more closely with you in 2021. We're going to have such a huge impact using this momentum that we built this year. And I just want to thank you for being my guest on Cloud and Clear as well. It was awesome. Hey, thank you, thank you for asking. I enjoyed every second. Thank you. See you soon. All right. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.